did you look up that Area 51 meme thing? I did, yeah. So apparently some guy, uh, what's his name, Maddie Roberts, I think, in California, just made up this like fake, fake event on Facebook that was like, on September something, we're going to storm Area 51 at 3 a.m. to rescue the extraterrestrials. And if we all band together, they can't stop all of us. Like, it was a joke. And then um, people just kind of started running with it. Uh, mm. I, there was this whole really long article about, like, why it started trendy and it had, like, a graph and everything. I was like, what? Who, who like, <laughs> writes a, Who does this research? I feel bad for them. <laughs> like, it must be a slow, slow news day for this outlet if they're, like, compiling uh, a, a line graph about um, how the story and... goes viral. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow. Okay, well, I thought it would be more interesting yeah nothing he just made it up as a joke and then people just started making up their own memes and then the air force was like uh this can't do this we'll shoot you right yeah so yeah did you hear about that um i don't know if i told you about it there was a guy in out east somewhere i want to say Pennsylvania or Ohio or something where he a little kooky and he made these flyers and sent them to like everybody in this neighborhood in this town and said to come meet at this park where they were going to like melt their bodies or something and something about like how meat is bad and it stays in your body and doesn't digest for years and years. It was like total crazy note and he gave a date and time to come to this park and like hundreds of people thought it was so it's just comical that they wanted to go go and see if anybody else showed up so like a bunch of people showed up to this park they ended up having like this big party and the guy who wrote it came and he had his he had a helper that helped him like get it all printed and stuff but obviously he's a little uh a little out there but serious about the content like it wasn't a, a joke it wasn't a joke oh. he was like an older dude in a wheelchair if i remember correctly uh i think he was just a little kooky yikes and maybe a vegetarian i'm not sure that was funny that people actually went and showed up i was like maybe that's like the new way of making friends like you maybe. write some kind of weird flyer and you're like come hang out if you're into these things, meet me at this park. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we are the co-hosts of The Late Night Fright. We're not Mysterious AF, but you know that already because you're listening to Mysterious AF. And right now they're probably talking about Bigfoot. Or alien sex. Or super slow-mo walking set to heavy metal music. But probably alien sex. I think they're the same thing, Faith. I don't think so. Join us on the Late Night Fright. We talk about horror movies. We analyze them. We look for themes. We we talk about life. Have some fun. Have some laughs. We also talk about alien sex. Yes, we do, Faith. Yes, we do. We are on iTunes, and we're also available wherever podcasts are found. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mysterious AF. 
I'm Charles, and as usual, I'm joined by the lovely Celesta. Say hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so uh, if you've been listening, uh, welcome back. If this is your first time, a little about us. We are a weekly podcast where we watch paranormal documentaries, YouTube videos, anything <laughs> strange or out there that mostly is a documentary style. And then we get together and talk about it like you would talk about a documentary with your best friends. And tonight, we are reviewing Invasion on Chestnut Ridge, which was released in 2017. And this is by the company. We've seen quite a few of their productions now, right? Yeah. They They did did the Mothman one. Uh Uh-huh. And the Beast of Bray Road. The Bray Road one. Which I thought were... Are those newer? Because I thought um, they were a little bit better production style. I think that they were more of... I know that the... I thought the Mothman one was, like, the newest. Okay. And then... I feel like both of those came out in 2018. And this was, like I said, 2017. So, I mean... Yeah, Bray, Bray Road Beast came out in 2018. So, I don't know if this was one of their first ones. And they've just, you know... As most productions do they get better as they go along because you figure out what works and doesn't work and at the end of this one too there was a kickstarter contribution thank you list so i assume they just raised their own funds and oh so maybe this was the uh, kickoff to their sort of i don't know company production yeah but well, the little, I guess, synopsis, this is, you can find this on Amazon Prime, which is where we watch their other um, documentaries, is the terrifying true story of Pennsylvania's Chestnut Ridge, a mountain range where decades of reports of bizarre happenings have been reported, beginning with the Kecksburg UFO crash and tracking stories of Bigfoot, prehistoric birds, strange dog-like creatures, and much more. From the director of Mothman of Point Pleasant comes this truly frightening glimpse into the unbelievable but true. And I chose this one because it was recommended for us. And like I said, we <laughs> had watched their other productions. And I I don't think I'd heard about Chestnut Ridge. And the fact that there were so many different things happening here, I was like, well, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. I want to know more about that. Yeah, um, I don't think I had heard of it either. I mean, unless... One of these stories was talked about somewhere else individually, but I've never heard of Chestnut Ridge before. Yeah. Um, so, jumping um, right in. Yes. It kind of starts like a 90s B-horror movie a little That's, bit. Yeah, I had that note. And they had the Dante's Inferno quote, which yeah. I was like, okay, that's a little... Uh, she's yeah cheesy <laughs> dramatic i think they were trying like i said i think they were just trying to figure out well, like what would work and what wouldn't work but i liked the music and the footage mm-hmm. and then they show a stonehenge and they kind of go into this whole whole spiel about the boundaries between the known and unknown places around the world right um, places so- that seem to have like supernatural po- powers or some sort of I don't know. Yeah, like the interdimensional in- crossover thing or something. I don't know. Right, and I, I just we just finished watching season three of Stranger Things, and that's like all I could think of was like Hawkins, Indiana, is where yeah. there's this gateway, <laughs> or Sunnydale, California, where there's a Hellmouth. Exactly. Like, 
Exactly. Uh, and they mentioned the Bermuda Triangle, and I was like, Celesta, if it was an option, would you go on a cruise with me to the Bermuda Triangle? <laughs> I would, because I think statistically it's really no worse than anywhere else. Yeah, I mean... Let's go. We can hijack a gay cruise and be like, sorry, we're going to the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle, boys. Keep, keep the music pumping and the drinks flowing. You won't even know. We just have to figure this out. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure they have cruises that go to Bermuda. Isn't Bermuda, is Bermuda in the Bermuda Triangle? I don't know, but there's the Beach Boy song where they, like, say yeah. Bermuda. Bahamas. Come on, pretty mm-hmm. mamas. Yeah. <laughs> All those pretty mamas. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chestnut Ridge is not in the Bahamas. It's in the Appalachian Mountain Range or close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it. they said it goes from, like, Indiana down through West Virginia or something. I don't know. Covers multiple states. Yeah. Basically. And we meet uh, Stan Gordon who is an investigator from Kecksburg, which Kecksburg, I don't have the state. It's in Pennsylvania. It's the Pennsylvania one, okay. Mm -hmm. And and him and this other guy, Eric Altman, are investigators, and they're just talking about the various sightings that they've heard about or had themselves uh, along the ridge. Yeah, it was like 80... Eric tells us that 80% of his cases are in the Chestnut Ridge area mm-hmm. um, that he's been asked to investigate. And uh, he kind of gives us a brief like history that even going back so far as 1931, there was reported Bigfoot encounters. There's all kinds of weird phenomena from UFOs, strange lights in the sky, cryptid creatures, haunted locations. There's just a, a really concentrated area right here. There's a lot of weird activity that goes on. You get a lot of just so many things happening in this area. And they then they just kind of lead into our first one, which was in late 1965, the Kecksburg. Is it Kecksburg? Yeah, it's Kecksburg. I misspelled it oops sorry kexburg the <laughs> kexburg ufo crash and yeah. we even we even get a witness do you want to it, tell us about him i guess <laughs> john hayes <laughs> he i was a kid obviously and i so it's called the kexburg crash but then they were also talking about this town named acme which i thought was also funny because it's a town called acme and just think of Roadrunner and <laughs> it's like it's like is, is this, this where this real? is made? Yeah. All these props the Roadrunner uses. Right, exactly. Uh, but a bunch of people see a big like fireball type thing. I remember that evening just like it was yesterday. It was Thursday evening, December 9th, 1965. There was a breaking news story coming on the radio about this brilliant fireball. This fire object was seen from the tip of Ontario, Canada, over Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. And people said that it was dropping molten metal. Yeah. Uh, and that when it hit the ground, people in Kecksburg or Acme, whatever, felt the ground shake. Um, so everyone was very curious and basically went out to go see it. And within a few hours, they said the military starts to show up and block off the area. Now, I, I had heard about this story. I had heard about this one. And 
apparently it looked like some sort of flying acorn. Yeah. <laughs> with hieroglyphics. <laughs> I had that exact description, which... Uh, I'm like, shit, the squirrels have taken over. In Nate's some worst sort nightmare of... has come true. <laughs> some sort of alternate dimension. <laughs> but yeah, the the military kind of wraps it up, apparently. takes Trucks it away. Yeah. Threaten people with guns. Spread misinformation. And filled in the hole with dirt. Like it never happened. And we do get to see um, a replica of what the craft looked like to people. And it looks like the poop emoji to me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Which just made me laugh. And they also describe how people in black suits came. uh, White and people also had white suits with the NASA patch. Um, But there's no pictures. There's no evidence. It's just... Yeah. Is it John? I can't remember if anybody else was describing this. I just had that John Hayes was the yeah. the witness that they mostly focus on. And my question here though was, and I know this. So this was the '60s when science was barely a thing. Mm-hmm. But does the army or like the government still show up for meteorite crashes? I mean, are they interested in that? Would would they come today and haul a big chunk of meteorite away or? You know, I don't know. That's a good question. I would think like a local science. I I have no idea. I so it's just like, yeah, maybe it's common practice because they want to study outer space. So they come and pick up everything. Or maybe this one was extra big. So they wanted it. Or maybe, maybe it was a craft. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's FEMA's responsibility. <laughs> I don't know. I'm tr- I'm like trying to think of who or like the not the FDA, but the like the environmental right. protection, EPA. Yeah, so I I would think somebody from there would maybe claim it, but um, they did. John said he went there the next day and saw that. Um, the guys in the white suits, obviously, but then like somebody else with a Geiger counter uh, oh, measuring yeah. for radiation, too. And he didn't so, know what radiation was. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, get away from here. <laughs> so the next thing I had was in spring of 1966 in Latrobe, a woman just saw a silver object hovering over her house. And then later, two women saw a craft driving toward their car and it scared them. And they reported yeah. this. Yep. And the then lights over Ridge Avenue. Yeah. Tom Ankney. Yeah. Oh, so he's in Derry, uh, which is north of Kecksburg. And this was 67 or 68. He saw a circular UFO with spinning lights, shining different colors. And he said it would move, either move fast or kind of disappear and reappear in different areas. Yeah. And he said his mom saw it, too. Like, they were just staring out their window transfixed. And I was like, I guess I would probably be the same way if I saw something that I had never seen before outside of my window. Of course, now I would hope I would have, like, the presence of mind to, like, Snapchat film it and be like, oh, my God, look, UFOs. Cray, cray. Definitely in this day and age. (laughs) (laughs) Can't pass up up an opportunity like that. (laughs) What would your hashtag be? Um... Hashtag disco light party. <laughs> Hashtag BEP jams at my house. Hashtag maybe it's a UFO. Hashtag I hope the aliens are sexy. Yeah, 
That's definitely going to go viral. Hashtag probe me. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Yeah, they said they watched it for about a minute. And he never, he watched the skies after that. He never saw anything like it again. And then we kind of get into different stories about a hairy man beast running around the woods of Pennsylvania. Even from the uh, 1800s, they had accounts of Bigfoot or this creature. I guess they yeah. didn't call it Bigfoot back then. Yeah. And then we learned a little bit more about Stan, who was one of the investigators we heard from in the first place, who had apparently, like, very early on set up this call center for <laughs> experiences. Like, yeah. And basically doing his own investigation, almost like MUFON is today, where you can call and report your UFO sightings and stuff. And then he had a bunch, like a volunteer group that would go investigate Yeah. Um, as soon as they had time and were willing to go. Whoever was closest was sent to go check it out. Yeah, they said they had, med- like he had medical professionals, police officers, pilots on his team. Um, yeah, this was 1973. He was very busy. And I was like, how would you even broach that subject? Like, hey, Tom, um, <laughs> so some weird stuff's been going on. And I'm assembling this team of investigators. <laughs> if you have some free time, do you want to go out <laughs> here with me? If you want to be and... like, <laughs> like, is what this was a that? drug cover thing? <laughs> like, what's going on? A sex ring? What's happening? What was that? TV show with Mr. T and the A Team. A Team. <laughs> this was the A Team of the paranormal of, investigation yes. in the seventies. So yeah, before Mulder and Scully, you know, took it up. Yeah. Um, the next thing I had was the Beasts of Westmoreland. Yep. Barry Clark, oh, who Barry. was a weird guy. <laughs> He was just so monotone and like yeah. no emotion whatsoever. And I'm like, I believe what you're saying, but I don't know. Maybe he's just afraid to be on camera. But he was one of the investigators, part of the A team that Stan put together. Um, and he's he basically said like, you know, everybody in this area was seeing something or knew somebody who was seeing something. And one of the stories he told us about was going to investigate this lady's claim about a Bigfoot lifting up the corner of her trailer home (laughs) and then putting it back down. Because it was annoyed by her barking dog. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's like, well, can you blame him or her? I mean. No, shut up. You're scaring away his dinner, probably. Yeah. But he said, like, he went and he climbed around under the trailer, and it was obviously that the trailer had, like, shifted or been moved. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you could tell from dirt and dust and all that jazz. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. Well, and hearing this, and this whole area, of course, I was like, it's synchronicity. It's an alternate dimension that is synchronized in synchronicity. There's Bigfoots <laughs> and UFOs together. Um, yep. They talk about the seven to eight foot tall creature with white hair that someone had spotted carrying a glowing ball. 
And I was like, wait a second. This is the early 70s. These people might be on drugs or maybe or not on drugs, but experimenting with drugs like LSD or shrooms. Well, the government was just giving out LSD at one point, so they could be on drugs and not even know it. I mean, they could just be right. some sort of crazy maybe research. Experiment. Yeah. Like the Truman Show. That's a good, good theory. But yeah, that was weird. The white man with the glowing ball. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because then they said like he went into the woods and then a UFO showed up or a bright light beamed down or something. And it was like he got picked up by the UFO. Yeah. It was like, my Uber's here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see that for myself. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and then there was an account of uh, about 15 or so people seeing a large bright red object 100 feet off the ground. Oh, yeah. And making like a whirling noise or something. And then the baby crying noise as well. And Which made me think of goblins. Yeah. And we we actually, during this part, I don't know if you mentioned this, but we hear audio from George. Um, yeah. I don't know his last name, but he's describing the experience. Then this story. What's his name, uh, George, really? I'm pretty sure. I said, now we hear audio from George about experience. Because that's my dad's name. And I have a note here to plug my dad's experience with the exact same sort of thing, which is <laughs> weird. Oh my god. I think I recorded it for you guys. I'll try to release it next week for the short. But he saw like a red orb thing flying over his farm back in the day. Would have been 70s, about the same time. Okay. Well. Interesting. Do we know that your dad was not in Fayette County? I'm pretty sure he was in Wisconsin. He would have just been back from Nam. I mean... I think he would have told me if he was there yeah, and did an interview about his accounts. Yeah, I don't think that's something you would forget. Um, <laughs> but so he's I guess this George person is also telling us about how they go out to like the property oh, line to yeah. investigate. Yeah. And he's with twins and these twins are named Rick and Nick. Who the fuck? <laughs> Names their twins, <laughs> rhyming names. Like, that is terrible. <laughs> Rick and Nick. Like, are you a Disney cartoon? <laughs> yes. It um, was 70s. Yeah, so they, I guess this thing lands, so they go out there, and he shoots a couple of, like, what seems like flares at them. Because he, oh, he sees um, beings come out of this craft. Yeah, and there's two of them. Two of them. They're making noises. Yeah. Yeah. And it was weird how they described it, too, because he said that they were walking along the fence line, and they would stop at, like, every post and make a noise, Mm -hmm. which was weird and, like, a weird detail. Like, if you're making this up, why why would you make that up? But he shoots... A couple of flares over them to get a good look at them. And then they're getting closer and the twins are scared. 
So he puts in some real bullets and I guess makes contact with them. Mm-hmm. But they don't really react in a way like I'm being shot. They just kind of go back towards the craft. Yeah. And then he drops to his knees, I guess, in some kind of mental pain or anguish. Well, I think and... that was like the next day, though, or something. Because he said at that point they ran home. Uh, okay. But then when like friends and stuff came to help him investigate further, yeah, he had some sort of episode... And saw visions of Armageddon. Yes. Um, what did you think about that? Like, that's a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, to me, that was just like, he was probably really scared. Yeah. And probably probably a religious person to begin with. So when you see something like that, you probably have these thoughts running through your head like, shit, is this it? Is this the end? And you're going back out and reliving it the next day or very soon after. And you've probably suffered some sort of PTSD from it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I was probably self-induced. I think trance so. or something. A trance. <laughs> that is the hot, the buzzword of today. Trance. <laughs> trance. I'm in a trance. Trance music. <laughs> <laughs> so the next thing I had was Superior's Mystery Man. Yes. Which was back, creepy. Back to the old trailer court. Yeah. The Superior Mobile Home Court. <laughs> uh, we hear from Jack McCurdy, who tells us about a woman who found Bigfoot at her back door, apparently. <laughs> mm-hmm. Scratching on the ends of her trailer. Yes. So, the weirdest part is that a man in black shows up afterwards and is taking pictures and like investigating. And the small boy comes up and he wants to take pictures. He's like, that's a good idea. I have a photochrome Polaroid. Thank you. (laughs) So he starts taking pictures and this dude freaks out and he's like, you can't take these pictures. And he steals his camera or like the film. And then like, Messes up all the footprints so nobody could ever take more photos and then drives off like a dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that um, was weird. Yeah, I mean, that's... And that was witnessed by multiple people in the trailer court. <laughs> that well. was like... Uh, I'm waiting for a man in black to burst through my bedroom door and take me away. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag probe me. <laughs> that's a great romance novel waiting to be written (laughs) oh lord hey y'all i'm leah lawrence i'm her husband mitch lawrence and we host the southern spirits podcast each week we'll sip on a southern brewed craft beer or wine and toss back a southern distilled liquor and i'll let y'all know how i feel about them with a review and after we are good and tipsy i'll bust out a couple of strange spooky tales from the american south we are all about true crimes, mysteries, paranormal activity, and cryptozoology. Basically, if it's southern and boozy, we'll drink it, and if it's southern and weird, we'll talk about it. So join us as we drink our way through the folklore of the South. Find the Southern Spirits Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Bye, y'all. So I don't know where exactly we left off with the mystery man, but no one ever found out who he was or like yeah. what 
who he was sent by. And then on September 20th of 1973, Stan Gordon receives a call from a government official asking for evidence, um, saying that he's with the Bureau of Sports and Fisheries, etc. And a witness thought that two men uh, that approached him or her were part of Gordon's group, but it was the government posing as members of Gordon's group to get this evidence or whatever. Well, yeah, like Stan was giving them the stories and seemingly like in close contact with them. And then it wasn't until later that he found out that these two guys were basically going behind his back and re-interviewing witnesses um, and collecting their own evidence. Yeah. So that was weird to him. But it's the government. I mean, it makes sense to me. I don't know. They're going to be sneaky about it and get what they want. We get another story about a craft. Oh, this one I thought was interesting because they said this craft showed up like a like a spacecraft mm-hmm. shows up over this town and over a power plant and it ends up blowing the fuses out and the town loses power. But they said that it had turned vertical to take off. And right. I thought that was interesting because of what. Bob Lazar said and how the craft works and I don't know if you remember that because you said you were bored by all the technical stuff but <laughs> please he said <laughs> like for the p- p- to propel itself it had to like go vertical and then so that the propulsion would be behind it basically oh, and it could mm-hmm. take off so I just thought that was an interesting little detail that matches up. Yeah. Oh. So it happened. It really happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they mentioned that. that well, the town like, lost power. Explain that. Um, the government. <laughs> uh. You lost power for like a week last year. Yeah, and it was, was because spring. of the big damn limb. <laughs> yeah, and this was actually. September 3rd in 1987 that this power outage happened. Maybe there were some storms. Maybe a branch got knocked down and, you know, if they're in a small town, power went out. But why would people say it was aliens? Because they saw a blimp and they didn't know what it was because they'd never seen a blimp before. A blimp in the dark in a storm over a power plant? Or maybe it was one of those um, dancing inflatable cylinder guys that got, like, ripped off. (laughs) You know, the crazy dancing ones. Uh, Yeah, I know exactly. You know, that makes sense, actually. That makes sense. It got whisked away in the storm, and then it got sucked right up into the air above the power plant. Um. Weirder things, stranger things have happened. This is true. This is true. Well, then we get Bell Farm incident. The Bell Farm incident. um, Which Mm -hmm. made Barry just Mm -hmm. give up investigating. Yeah. I don't know why, because this was not a big deal to me. Well, he thought it was following him and his family. Or it was going to, like, affect his grandsons or something. I think that's what he said. Well, I thought that I thought that was a different part of the like a different thing that was happening. Oh. But maybe it all goes together. 
I'll be able to tell you after I flip this page because all that information is on okay, the do next it. page. Flip it. It's flipped. <laughs> I did it. Oh. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> so proud of myself. <laughs> okay, what do you got? Well, I don't know I don't remember the incident. That's on my previous page, but the incident at the Belfast. Uh, around 10 p.m., someone looked into the eastern sky and they saw a bright light. Hold on, hold on. Cutting out. This technology is the What? Are you okay? Yeah, I just felt like I heard somebody whispering into the... It was probably just like you. This. Yeah, probably. I said, brush your hair. <laughs> Those like the ASMR videos where they like brush the hair and it's like right next to the microphone. Yeah, and... that creeped me out. I told you this episode is gaining traction. We talked about Area 51, and then the Area 51 memes happened. And now we're talking about UFOs and Bigfoot and Dogmen. So who knows? And prehistoric birds, who knows what's going to happen to us next? And who knows what's going to come through these microphones? Freaking weirded out. Last night, I couldn't sleep. I woke up at midnight. And so I decided to watch a scary movie, because why not? But I couldn't finish it because it was too scary. Which one was it? Uh, the Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, that's been in my list for like ever. I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah. It okay. was, I was laying in bed in the dark and I could see out into the hallway and then there was like a storm going on and there was like a storm going on in the movie and I was like, this is getting too real. I gotta turn this <laughs> off. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to start by telling us? Yes, like a date and what happened on the farm, I think. I Yeah, I don't have the date that this happened. Oh. They just said at like 10 p.m. Oh, the time. There you yeah. go. They saw a bright light or a star turn on, and then it changed color, and then five flashes, like an arc from a welder. Um, and that's about all I have well, is that I, description. He, he was told that that happens frequently, which is why they were there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the owner of the farm or whatever, but they said people were seeing a star turn on, they said, like at 10 p.m. So that's why he was out watching. Okay. And this was Barry Clark that experienced yeah. this. And then and then I, my next thing was that he that's when he did retire. And then he experienced missing time. So yeah. he doesn't know if he was maybe abducted by aliens or... Maybe yeah, he, he did get abducted and implanted with something. He had a few cases of lost time. Um, but yeah, he never knew what or why. And then he said his grandson was also experiencing these lost time episodes. So Yeah, and the, he also said that his grandson um, told him that he had seen people coming into his oh, bedroom. Yeah. To, uh, I guess either dreaming or thinking that you're actually seeing that in real life. And I don't yeah. know how old his grandson is, but 
I want to say that he was like early teens, but I don't know for sure. I didn't write an yeah, age. Yeah, I don't know if they mentioned it or not, but but I mean, okay, weird. who hasn't felt like they've lost periods of time? Okay, I mean, yep. you can be driving to work, and because you've driven to work multiple times, and you have so much other stuff on your mind that you like look up and you're at work, and you're like, oh, how did I, I get here? Right, or like I feel like. <laughs> I lose periods of, I don't lose periods of time, but I feel like I don't pay attention to the time, like when I'm talking on the phone, like a lot of times, like if I'm talking to somebody I haven't talked to in a long time and we're, and I'm out for a walk or like driving or I don't really drive anymore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like you could, I feel like you could lose periods of time. Like if you're not paying attention, I mean, I I don't know. He's very... um, afraid of yeah his lost time and like did you just go to a party and have too much to drink and browned out or blacked out like yeah he never really he never really says what he was doing i don't think no he doesn't and and he doesn't say how much missing like how much missing time he's experienced yeah um i don't know have you experienced missing time like like that you were just like oh no I had too much not in a situation where it's like oh I had too much to drink and forgot yeah, I was what gonna happened say or... last night I fell asleep <laughs> did you fall asleep in the pool no oh, I was okay. well I woke so I woke up at midnight and I told Ryan I was like man I was just wide awake and he's like yeah because you went to bed at like 8 p.m and I was like oh that explains that I don't remember really even getting upstairs to bed but there I was. <laughs> Here I am, that, ready for that. It doesn't count, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nothing, nothing weird like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think after we ran the Hospital Hill, Hospital Hill Half Marathon a few years ago, we all went back to Corey's place and ordered pizza. And the pizza got there and I had like a piece. And the next thing I know, I'm like waking up stiff on her living room floor because we had all just we weren't even I think maybe I'd had one beer, but it was like we were so exhausted. But it's like I don't remember falling asleep. I still had like the piece of pizza in my hand. Like it was one of those situations where we were so exhausted. Um, But I was I didn't think like anything weird had happened because everybody was still there. I still had my clothes on. Well, that's good. But, I mean, there's... No, not that I know of. (laughs) Corey will keep that secret until she dies. (laughs) Thanks, Corey. I appreciate it. You're a true friend. (laughs) You're a pal and a confidant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, then we get into dogman sightings, which, of course, are my favorite. I know. I thought this would make <laughs> you happy. And it takes place in 1986. Or at least yeah. the first instance I have. Um, in the... Sleepy Hollow. Oh, really? Yeah. This Sam person, I don't know if he's the one telling the story or somebody, but this he's fishing in Sleepy Hollow, um, which I guess is an unincorporated area. And... Sam saw a creature at Hannah Creek, and this figure moved closer. Oh. Do you, did you write down what it looked like? I I tried to write down all of the no. words he was saying. Well, 
I did not. They make it look like a Bigfoot type thing or a a Bigfoot with mange, I guess, like hair patches. He said it had very sparse hair and a mohawk and long arms. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And Sam goes to leave and this creature like was holding his car in place, like making it impossible for him to go or something like that. Yeah. And then Sam blows on the horn and takes off, and he looks back, and the thing is waving at him. Yeah, what a weird, another weird detail. Like, why, why would it be? Wait, come back. I don't get it. You wanted to fish with Sam. I don't know. I guess. But, maybe because he said it was missing his teeth too, so maybe he was just hungry. Um, he wanted some of his fish. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. here, here's some fish. There's probably a bear me. with rabies. Or a bear with mange. Or, like, maybe its fur had been singed off. I've seen pictures of bears with, like, little fur. And the bears with little fur, like mange, like oh. their fur's gone. Yeah, but why would it be singed off? Well, maybe there had been some kind of a forest fire. Maybe it got close to, like, the electrical plant that blew up or whatever. <laughs> that lost power. I mean... You mean the crazy inflatable wavy hand guy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> its fur yeah. had been singed off. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was, but yeah. I mean, and because bears can also stand upright, and I feel like bears can wave. Yeah. And I've seen when we were at the Grand Canyon, there were deer that were so used to people that they would like approach people and like walk alongside people and like. I don't know. Animals mm-hmm. are smart, and especially if they're in areas where there's lots of people all the time, they can pick up on those behaviors and start to mimic us and become us. Yeah. And if they're not feeling well, they might do weird things. Yeah. It, maybe, yeah, maybe it was a bear that just needed help. It's like, I take me to the doctor, you bastard. <laughs> I'm dying. Help me. Sam. <laughs> you almost ran me over, you a-hole. <laughs> Uh, so we also hear this little description that people in the area have seen thunderbirds, panthers, and a 22-foot-long flying lizard. It wasn't a dragon. <laughs> they made sure to say it, not a dragon. It was a flying lizard. Oh, oops, because I wrote down dragon. My bad. I just wrote, I wrote down heavens to Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah. then we get into your favorite thing. Real dogman sighting. Uh... Four women. Going... Uh, four women. Yeah. Do you have a problem with that? No, I just was going <laughs> to let you tell the story because I feel like I've been hogging most of the stories. And <laughs> this is about Dogman. And I had four women. And I was like, I'll just let Celeste take it from here. <laughs> so, no, thank you. I do not have a problem with four women. <laughs> but thank you for kidding. checking. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess they were going to get their, you know, walk on in the park. And they pull up to this trailhead, get out, and a dog man apparently walks out of the forest towards them. And I love this. Three of the women run back to the car and get in. And the fourth that was probably closest to it was like, uh, I can't break eye contact. Yeah. (laughs) And... I guess she, they said they'd stare at each other for like minutes and then it just walks back into the woods. 
and no one was harmed in this dogman incident. Yeah, and I guess they didn't go on their hike. I'm assuming not. I would not <laughs> enter the woods at that point. That's just me. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I guess I would probably be pretty rattled if I saw something that I couldn't explain staring at me, like approaching me. And we're getting ready to go for a hike in a couple of weeks. I keep hoping <laughs> I'm going to run into a dog man or something, but I have not yet. Charles, it's crazy talk. Well, it might also be because I take a pair of pots and bang them together to ward off bears and other animals while I'm hiking. Um, I also have my whistle that only animals can hear at a frequency to scare them off. And then in my flare gun and my machete. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I could look maybe a little intimidating and sound intimidating, but uh, safety first. Giant pack on you. (laughs) Pulling a wagon. Wait, wait, where's that the cat's where's that it. crossbow that I packed? Just give me one second. Hold still, okay? Just hold <laughs> don't move. I have to get a picture of you for my podcast. Yeah, first I gotta take a picture. <laughs> then I gotta shoot you. Then we're gonna bag you. Sorry. It's for science, okay? <laughs> oh then you see the little baby dogman come out and you're like, aw. Fine. Can't hurt you now. But come be on my podcast, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, think of how many followers we would get if we if I befriend a dog band and get it onto our podcast. Okay, I'm gonna try really, really That's hard. Your goal for the summer before the end of the summer, befriend a dog man. Okay. I'll see what I can do. Bigfoot if you have to. I mean that would be the second choice. Obviously. Yeah. It's yeah, been done. Like- this is more of a Bigfoot area than Dogman area, but, you know, I don't discriminate against cryptids. <laughs> um, I guess also look for, you know, a flying lizard, too. So. <laughs> a flying sex snake. <laughs> 20, 22 feet long. That was a weird description how they mentioned it was 22. I was like, why not just 20 feet? Like, yeah, how did you know it was 22 specific. feet long? No. Um. So then we get into Terror and Keystone State Park. Um. Which I feel like they kind of tacked this part on at the end because it was like not very long of it, and there wasn't a whole lot in this. I didn't think. Yeah. Um. We meet Aaron Shakti, who I guess has a farm close to the park. He went to get his family. He drove out to his tree stump and... Oh, Judas Priest! N- no. Sorry. The band? Isn't that a band? <laughs> it is, but that's what he yelled. He was... Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. I can't believe they didn't write that down. <laughs> Judas Priest. I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, he... <laughs> He thinks he sees a deer that's, like, sitting up, and it's staring at him. Okay, what kind of deer? He describes a deer as, like, sitting on its butt, like, like almost like a dog. Right, or a cat. Have you seen a deer? Maybe they do that, I don't know. But anyway, continue, sorry. Um, And he just said it was a huge and scary bird with big claws. 
Um, yeah, I, I like don't know what to make of that. It. Sounds I, like something from a Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah, it flew over them. He said it probably could have picked them up. He also said they were in a bus. And I was like, why are you in a bus? Is his family like a family? Like it's a cult? Like there's yeah, a little bit. It's a commune. My family was out he, doing the laundry. He took him out there in the first place so he could show them the field after he had cut it. And I'm like, wow, entertainment for this family. <laughs> you mowed the lawn, Dad. Good right. for you. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and that's all we really get about that incident. Uh, then the last part I guess I had is where the ridge ends. And we get... Dwayne Pintoff in August of 2000. August. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you froze again. No, I just can't wow. speak today. <laughs> Dwayne Pintoff in August of 2015 in West Virginia. He's oh, on the West yeah. Virginia side in a remote location. And he's with Eric, apparently, the other investigator we've heard from. Yeah. Um, and they are doing a Bigfoot hunt, basically, mm-hmm. in this dark wooded area. And they see uh, a light that almost looks like a flashlight or somebody carrying a lantern through the woods. And it's just kind of like floating in between the trees or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they go to check it out. And Eric has a big floodlight or something that he like decides to shine onto this other light. This window opened up in this black darkness, almost like it was light uh, projecting out of it. This thing went in, this window shut. And that's that. And that's that. That's that on that. Weird story. Yeah, I didn't really know what to make of that, except he, he talks about how they're like in total darkness. Like you can't see your hand in front of your face. And I'm like, your eyes do weird. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. Tricks to you when you're in the dark. I woke up the other day <laughs> and I was getting in the shower, I was going getting ready for work. And literally like it was it was so weird. It was like two little round flashes on the wall of my shower that had to have been just like a weird brain thing because the light was off in the bathroom. I didn't even bother to turn it on. And unless someone was like photographing me through the wall behind me there is no reason yes. for these like two little <laughs> it was the weirdest thing i and i just stood there for a second like what what and i looked around i was like maybe i don't know i don't i don't i can't explain it but it just had to be a weird thing like waking up your brain adjusting i don't know the water hitting me i don't know maybe or maybe your house is spying on you. Maybe you are on the Truman Show and there is a camera in your shower. I feel bad for the person who has to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the shower. Again. Great. Here we go. Get the film rolling. <laughs> Damn it. She's singing again. But it wasn't. Was it like pitch black in the bathroom? No. No. I mean, okay. the sunlight. There's enough light in the morning that I could okay. see, but the the light was bright and it was very circular. It was like, you know, it wasn't like, mm. 
don't even, I just don't even know how to explain it, but it was so weird. I I thought I have to know. Uh, maybe I was having a stroke or something. Yeah. Maybe your eyes were just a, like you were saying, adjusting to waking up, and then there's the like, whoa, water and yeah. I don't know because I feel like if you have been punched in the face or like you know, accidentally hit your face on something and your eyes are closed. It's like spots of color or flashing or something. Yeah. Um, you better, better watch yourself <laughs> for probes. <laughs> for probes. Hashtag <laughs> um, not me. Not me. They, so, I mean, no one knows what's happening here. No one no. knows why it's happening uh, they say no pattern can be discerned. Um, and Kecksburg now has a UFO festival, or they've had one for a while, and we see footage of that. Looks like a good time. Yeah, it did not look as fun as the Mothman one, though. No. Uh-uh. Looked a little sad, but they'll get there, I'm sure. Yeah. They need to have that meme guy about Air 51 do one about their UFO festival, yep. and then they'll have millions of people pouring into Kecksburg. Definitely. Um, and that's really the end of this. Yeah. Um, so they kind did you of, like, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say they kind of, well, like you said, like they don't know why it's happening, but they are like, is there some sort of dimensional, I don't think they use these words, but like interdimensional portal here, or like, is there something in the mountains that are giving some sort of power to these things? Um, and what does the government know or not know? Well, and then like right away I thought, and we've heard stories about this before. I think we had just heard about it in Pablo's ours. I've heard about it on other podcasts where people claim that the government has like secret bases in the mountains. So what if they're just freaking testing crafts that they have mm-hmm. and people are seeing it and weirding them out? Now it doesn't explain Bigfoot and Dogman sightings, but or maybe they're creating rifts into other dimensions, like yeah, in like Stranger, Stranger things. things or the Stephen King novella and movie that was really good and disturbing. Yeah. Um, hopefully that's not happening around. If it is, I will go investigate it. And I found <laughs> some like haunted tours, ghost tours we can go on. Ooh. One of them is like haunted pubs of Seattle. <laughs> Yes. Um, Sold. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was entertaining. It was a little slow. Did you, did you like this? I'm answering your question yeah. already. Hold on. <laughs> it was entertaining enough. It was a little slow for me. Mm-hmm. I like the other ones he's done because it had the more the more like graphics and visually more entertaining to look at and watch versus this one, which was kind of not that. So yeah, it was like, I think I was like three quarters in and I was like, okay, I just need this to end. It's kind of dragging on, but the stories were good and people seem believable. So if you're interested, yeah. check it out. What about you? I I like the kind of like this. It's like an appetizer sampler where you get a little of everything. Yeah, but I feel like, like I said earlier, the bird thing was kind of tacked on at the end, and I feel like I'd like to hear more about those prehistoric birds 
or Thunderbirds, if people have seen those, I feel like that's not something I've heard a ton about. Yeah. Um, and then like <laughs> Panthers. <laughs> Yeah, Panthers. They just kind of like once or twice mentioned that there was, and it's like, well, there probably were Panthers in the area, but they're extinct now. Um, But yeah, I I recommend it. It's not too terribly long. I think it's just at an hour. Yeah. Um, So if you are like us and have some time to kill, uh, give it a a watch. Yeah. Uh, So what was your favorite thing this week? Oh crap! Um, <gasps> I've been looking at this the whole time, and I was like, "Wait a second, what's going to be my?" Okay, I remember what it was going to be. So last week, I think over the course of three or four nights, we watched Pose, which is on Netflix, and I think it's originally from FX. It's by the guy Ryan Murphy that did Glee and Nip Tuck and American Horror Story and all those other shows. But this one is about the ballroom scene of the 80s and there are trans women actresses on this and they basically create safe houses for lgbtq youth in the 80s and of course Mm. the aids crisis is going on but they perform in these balls where they have different categories and they like make their costumes and they have different dancing um and i it's it was actually kind of cheesy in like a in a positive way, and I but I liked it because um, I feel like with so many of Ryan Murphy's shows, they go off the rails, and it's like. <laughs> uh, but this one, like overall, had a really good message and story, and um, I feel like the actresses, every, everybody who acted in it, like they got better as it went on. And it'd been in my list to watch for a while, and we finally watched it, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. So that was my favorite thing of the week. How about you? Um, I think getting my little kitty pool to sit in yesterday <laughs> was my absolute favorite thing of the week. It made me so happy, and I don't know why. Now, did you get that in, at an estate sale, or did you, like... No. Okay. We went estate sailing, and then it was so hot, and I was like, Ryan, I need a pool. Like, I need a pool. So yeah. we made a trip to the Wally World for $10. Got us a little pool. Yeah. Had my drinks out there, cooled down, had a blast, got drunk, fell asleep. Not in the pool. So question, because when I drink, I drink pretty quickly, especially when it's hot. Did you have your mixing ingredients outside or did you have to like get out of the pool, dry off and go inside every time to mix up a new drink? I had to, yes, get out of oh. the pool. But it was fine. It was it was fun. It was I guess fun. then you could go pee inside, too. Or did you yeah. pee in the pool? <laughs> I did not pee in the pool. <laughs> this is my pool. Marking it, bitches. No one else gets in here. No, and then, yeah. We ordered pizza somewhere in there, too. So, it was, yeah, it was fun. Well, while we try to reconnect with Charles, really appreciate it. If you took a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast... Thank you for listening. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> if you've had a weird experience, you can email us at mysteriousafpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at mysteriousaf. <gasps> Charles is stuck in the ether. <gasps> hey, you're moving again. <laughs> Am I, I'm being transported into another dimension. <laughs>
Oh no. You're back. Maybe the aliens are sucking your soul. Yeah. <laughs> and, and until next time. Stay mysterious. <laughs> You're gone again. having bourbon now actually no this this is what i had yesterday that got me a little messed up but it's so good i actually wrote it down for the people because i wanted to share it for our podcast listeners yeah yes listen Listen up up. (laughs) this is my poolside cocktail oh do tell one part smirnoff pineapple okay one part bacardi the rum? The rum. Okay. And one part Sprite. And I use Diet Sprite. Oh, I did see a picture of that. So good. Yeah. So delicious. Just like the Bacardi Clear Rum? I use I gold, because that's what I had, but, uh, okay. you know, I think anything would work. I wonder, so you said uh, Smirnoff Pineapple. Mm-hmm. I wonder how um, Coconut Rum would be with that. But then with the Sprite, I don't know about Sprite. Uh, I I think it'd be good. I thought it would be good. Definitely some things to try out, listeners. Yeah. Take a picture. Let me know how it turned out. (laughs)